Blog Talk Radio. Episode of Music Mondays right here on Indie Fire with your girl Nakia. Dang, I feel like I've been gone for a minute, and I only been gone for like since last week, right? Right? It's so odd to hear that music because you know, all of last month we were blessed to have a new intro and outro for our uh, series Quest of a Woman. So now I feel like we need some more intro music, right? Right? I might open that up again, you know, so that we could have somebody to buy for that spot of our, you know, intro and outro music um, instead of us playing, you know, little instrumental there. Because now I feel like I need to hear something to get me really hyped, <laughs> nonetheless. What you guys been up to? Y'all staying home? You doing what you're supposed to do? Like, I went out today. I try to go out only on Mondays, you know, to get everything done that I need to get done, you know, to the post office, you know, any last minute running to the store type of thing, and so I went out today, and these people here, they're like, whatever, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> they're like, whatever, like, here, you got to be in your house by 5 p.m., but they're just, they're like, whatever, you know what I'm saying, like, you know, I go to the places, everything's marked off, you know, you got to stay six feet apart in the lines, right, six feet apart in the lines, but if there's one way in and one way out, and you're still passing people, guess what? You're not passing them at six feet apart. And I got a problem with that. Like, if you want me to follow the rules, but I think the rules should be, you know, applicable all the way around. So I'm always in the store griping and complaining. Like, you know, I got the lady over here staring at me because I forget that I'm supposed to be standing six feet behind her. And instead, you know, I walk up on her like two feet behind her. She's looking at me like I'm crazy. But then you just walked in and you were less than six feet from me. What's the problem? You know what I'm saying? So I think it just needs to be, like, all the way around. Anyway, y'all know how I am. I get attitudes wherever I go. So I try to stay home. That's why I stay home. That's why I don't go out. And today was, like, I really needed to go out, you know. Uh, my God, my goddaughter, my granddaughter, yeah, this is so hard for me to keep saying this. My granddaughter is beginning to walk. You know, she's in a walk or whatever. So Old school parents know that you put the baby in their first pair of shoes, got to be those stride rights, right? Not the ones with hard bottoms no more because they don't make those no more. But stride right has like the rubber soles, you no know, bottom shoes now. So I bought the shoes last Monday, right? But it was like 4.30 and I knew I wasn't going to get to the post office. Anyway, speed it up. I only go out once a week so I could only drop the shoes off today, right? So I had to do that. Then my mother's birthday is coming up on Thursday, okay, 
and I bought her shoes and bag last month. So it's been hard for me to like hold on to these items because like every year she gets the same thing. She gets some coach bag every year, you know, throw some bills in there, whatever. But this is the first time that I'm not able to deliver them to her. Right. And I found the shoes to match this year. So I was so excited because I've been, I've been, I've been modeling the shoes around the house. Right. I had to whisper because she might be listening. I had to model the shoes <laughs> around the house, right? So I didn't really want to depart with the shoes. So, you know, we had the post office. It took a crazy long time to get everything boxed up and, you know, sent off or whatever, but got all of that stuff done today. And, and I said all of that to say um, during these times, there are adversities that we have to work through. And if you got the opportunity to listen to motivation, Monday morning motivation with Casa Moore on my struggle with my strength this morning. He talked about, um, you know, overcoming adversity or working through adversity. And so the, the purpose points for today um, were spot on for me. And I feel like they may be, you know, spot on for, for some of you others as well. Um, so purpose point number one. Perfect point number one was um, pray with thanksgiving. And sometimes we pray and, you know, we, we expect things in return. Um, we're not just thankful when we pray. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we only pray when we get caught up in a situation and um, it shouldn't be that way. You know what I'm saying? You should pray. Um, with Thanksgiving. Purpose point number two was to reset your joy. And I'm actually going, to, I'm going backwards, all right? So purpose point number two was to reset your joy and to quit complaining, right? That kind of piggybacks off of purpose point number one, which was to have a great attitude. You have to have a great attitude through all of this right here, through any um, adversity. In order to be able to advance through it, you have to be able to have some type of joy some uh, and to have a great attitude. And that, you know, if we stop complaining and think about um, the wondrous things that are going on, you know, people say we see all the numbers of deaths, see all of the cases, but let's talk about the people that have actually survived. You know what I'm saying? Let's talk about the people that have actually been at death's door and recovered. Um, so uh, that that is being able to advance through an adversity. And, and for me, that was hard, you know, to have to ship off items to my mother that, you know, I'm used to being able to drive three, four hours and just hand deliver this to her. You know, uh, I had to advance through this and say, you know, all right, well, she'll get it. She's going to get it in time. You know, nonetheless, she'll get it in time. I can't be there, you know, but we're thankful to be able to have all of this, you know, um, technology now, uh, FaceTime and then video conferencing and then Facebook Live and you know what I'm saying? There's just so many different ways that you can advance through whatever you feel like is your adversity, all right? So make sure that you're tuning in to Costco at 7 a.m. every Monday morning right here on My Struggle is My Strength, okay? It is New Music Monday. I got some music for you. I'm going to talk about the rest of them tonight on um, New Music Monday that follows the show at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. How many of you listen to uh, Thundercats? Like, I feel like I need to get on this, you know, because my daughter is home from school, and uh, that's all I've been hearing, 
you know, lazy is Thundercat, Thundercat, Thundercat. And I think of Thundercat back in the day, you know, um, the cartoon, you know, when I think of him, he's like, no, I know. He's an artist. And, of course, you know, with me being in the industry, she's always like, Ma, don't you know? And I play along. Like, of course I do. And I don't. Well, he dropped his album over the weekend. That's all I have heard all weekend long. So you got that album right there. It is what it is. All right. Uh, Drake dropped Tusi. Tusi, where's that guy? Tusi Sly is actually a dance to this. Um, now, the song itself was released on Friday, April 3rd, but supposedly um, there's, you know, it's been a huge hit already on TikTok, which I feel like adults, we don't need to be on that, but the kids have something. So uh, it's, it's big over there already. I don't know if I'm going to listen to that, but you all who have already heard it, you know, let me know what you think. Give me your opinion on it. Uh, Calvin Harris, a.k.a. The Love Generator, he dropped a duo of uh, tracks. We got Moving, which features Eli Brown. Not not my guest tonight. All right, that's Eli Brown. I got Eli here tonight, all right? And then he drives uh, Don't You Want Me. All right, that's Calvin Harris, uh, Love Generator. And ugh, I think that's it. That's all I got for new music right now. We're going to talk about that tomorrow night on the show, you know, how it is affecting uh, the music industry and what our, you know, uh, artists are doing to get through these coronavirus times. Okay? So make sure that you tune in right back here tomorrow, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. No show on Thursday because we are doing a huge um, um, video conference call with my mom for her birthday uh, on on Thursday, and so uh, no show Thursday. But then we'll be right back here on Monday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with, uh, oh, that's an open spot. That's an open spot. So uh, anybody going in on that? Because remember, we're having to shift schedules around, you know, for people who have to cancel due to numerous reasons, plus our spring break was cut short you know, due to this. So these spots are now having to be filled. So if you want in the next Monday the 13th, just let us know. All right? My guest tonight is the R&B artist. He's a songwriter. He's an actor. He's a model. Yes, he does it all. Uh, He is from Breckenridge County, Kentucky. And he just burst onto the music scene recently with his debut EP titled My Face. Now, I haven't had time to really tweak this bio the way that it needs to be tweaked. Um, so if it sounds a little, hmm, and you go look for it, this is why. Coronavirus is affecting a lot of us, as we know. It has affected the release of the part one of this EP, which was scheduled to drop last week, the 29th, on his birthday. It didn't happen. Nevertheless, he's moving forward. Right, so the first part's going to drop uh, really soon, and then the second part he hopes to release the later part of this summer. Eli has accomplished so much in his life before writing his own music. He was Gaston in the Beauty and the Beast production at his high school and currently hosts and performs at open mic nights in his hometown. Eli hopes that through his music, people can connect with him on a personal level and decide. When he is not in the studio recording or writing songs, he is working on his clinical psychology degree at Western Kentucky University and managing his clothing brand called Crown X. When he is not doing schoolwork or working on his brand, Eli is enjoying time with friends and family on campus and back home. Eli's biggest motivator to succeed is his drive and passion for music and the support his family and friends give him. 
Eli hopes to eventually move to L.A. and continue pursuing his music career after the release of his EP. Eli is big on self-love and motivation to succeed and is always encouraging friends and family to go for their dreams and reach for the stars. And if I am listening audience, I present to you this evening my very, very, very special guest, R&B artist, songwriter, actor, and model, Eli. How are you? How are you? I'm good. I'm surviving, trying to stay busy during the quarantine. <laughs> How's that working out for you? Um, well, I've dyed my hair. Um, I grilled out today for my family, made them a steak and baked potato meal. And I've just been kind of hanging out. I had to ask that music. because, guys, you know, I give, I give varies, you know, um, very, very, very special guest. You know, the, the the more varied you get, the more special you are to me. And, guys, you know how I am about first time anything's on the show, whether you're debuting your music for the first time, whether it's your first, you know, album that's dropping, your first EP, your first single that's dropping, or whether it's your first interview. You're very, very, very special on this show because I love being anyone's first of anything. But... I also know that um, I have a, a young guest on the show tonight. Eli's a freshman in college at um, Western Kentucky University, where, again, he is um, studying clinical psychology. And so I talked to my daughter yesterday about why it is so hard for kids in her age group just to sit down. You know, like her friends are, you know, if she weren't, technically she would still be away at school if we weren't going through all of this right now, she wouldn't be home. So her friends are steadily calling her, you know, like that are seniors in high school, like, you know, what are you doing? Do you want to go hang out? You know, and she's like, for one, nothing's open. For one, where are we going? You know what I'm saying? Um, For two, everything, like, I wouldn't even be here. So you wouldn't be calling me asking me if I wanted to hang out. You know, for three, nothing's open. You know, we can't go to the movies, you know what I'm saying? Like, all of the the outdoor events that we could go to, like, why would you even want to go to those, you know what I'm saying? So, we're limited on how many people can go into places. So, and I said to her, why is it so hard for kids in your age group to sit still? Like, why you guys can't just sit still right now? So, are you having a hard time? Staying, you know, staying, I'm sure so, you still have online class. Are you having a hard time staying focused on doing your classwork and then, you know, maybe just playing some games, chilling out, or you feel like you need to be on the go? So um, with online classes and stuff, I'm a member of ISEC in my college, so shout out to them. But um, they kind of keep us on track with doing the online work, but the social aspect, I still work at a coffee shop in my hometown, so I still go into work once a week and do my hours there. But we kind of, like, rigged the system, sort of, because we always would hang out in Walmart's parking lot in our own cars anyway. So that's what we've still been doing. And, I mean, that's six feet apart for the parking spots anyway. So I think, I don't know, it really hasn't changed that much. I feel like I'm still in the same thing, like I'm back on campus. And I guess it really depends on where 
where you're located also. If you are in a metropolitan city and the city's on lockdown, then it may be harder for the millennials to just sit and not just look out the window. You know what I'm saying? Um, if I think yeah. if I were back home in New York, it, it would be an issue for me. Well, now it wouldn't be. My ass would be in the house. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't, I wouldn't be outside. <laughs> but if I were, you know, like, you know, 18, 19, 20, it would be hard for me just to, I would have to go to somebody's house. And I just remember myself at that age, I would have to just be out. I couldn't be, you know, and, and, and I still live in a metropolitan city. It's not the biggest city in my state, but it's still big. And so, but everything's shut down. So, again, they can't, there's not a lot of people, like you know. Mom. I like my bed, so I was kind yeah, of like too. a homebody, too. <laughs> so I can sit in my bed all day and not move and be perfectly fine. That I can get up in water and some food, and I'm fine. That is me. That is me right there. I like the fact, and I before the, the outbreak um, or the pandemic, I worked from home anyway. Um, I ran a business from home. I worked from home. I went to school from home. I did everything from home, and people laugh at me. I said, you know, I ran the home from home. I ran, I was the mother from home. You know what I'm saying? I did everything from home. So for me to go out, you know, I that was, ugh, that's culture shock, you know, because <laughs> I do everything. And so now it's like you go from the bedroom to the home office, you know what I'm saying, and and that's it. Uh that that's that's it you know so this this is the life for me and when having kids you said you go get water no my my 14 year old he already knows you need to stock the room each day eight bottles of water stock the room like like if my kids don't come and see me then i don't see them that's how it works did you because <laughs> i'm i'm in my mm-hmm. and, and that that is it all right so enough about all it is i want to talk about you know i know that you're young so you don't really have the longevity in the industry, like some of my guests have had, but where did your passion and, you know, your love for the, the music industry, where did that come from? Did you come from a music family? You know, you have deep roots in the church. Um, did you just wake up one day and say, hey, I got a voice. I can sing. Let me, you know, start writing music. Where did it all come from? Um, well, I come from a music family and a gospel, like, church family, too. So I grew up singing in church, and then I grew up around my uncle, who's an opera singer and traveled the world singing opera. And then my grandmother can sing, wow. my sister. And it was just kind of like a full circle thing. I think the only one who didn't get that was my mom and then my <laughs> really? grandpa. But, like, all my aunts and uncles can sing. Wow, you remind so me so much. Like I that. don't know if you do you uh, follow Stitch on on any social media. He's an R&B oh. artist out of Raleigh, Raleigh, North Carolina. Stitch. I think I have him on Instagram. I think I've seen a couple of his videos. Yeah, you remind me so much of of him. Just in this this quick conversation and your bio, as well. Um, but he's a, a phenomenal R&B singer, um, choreographer, dancer out of Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, but, again, you remind me of him. And, and then what you just said about, you know, uh, the deep roots and the church and the gospel music and um, his interview, you know, he spoke the same way. You guys should link up most definitely. Um, and then he liked some of the uh, posts on Instagram today. So I thought, you know, maybe – Maybe they know each other, you know. Um, yeah, but he's sits official on on Instagram. 
Um, so, all right, so we have the roots, you know, in the church and um, the musical family. I think that I don't think I've ever had anyone on the show who just said, you know, I woke up one day and I said, oh, I was gifted with this voice to sing, and so now I'm going to sing. No one's ever said that. Everyone's always, you know, always come from the musical background, and I think that makes it so much easier to just bust up on the scene. Your confidence level is boosted because you have these people in your family, you know what I'm saying, that you know they're going to cheer for you because they've gone through, you know, some of these processes themselves. So I think that makes it more special. They support you in a different way, you know, and they know how it is uh, for our artists. So congratulations on that right there. That's huge. Um, Thank you, you so have, much. You know, familial support. That, that's, that's major. Um, who influences your style of uh, singing? Do you, you look at the old school R&B artists or the more urban contemporary R&B artists? So with my process of, like, just music in general and all of my songs coming up with the runs and stuff, I kind of take pieces from everything. Like, I may have, like, some hip-hop and pop runs or, like, I listen to a lot of old R&B and some new stuff, and then I listen to... I don't know. I was talking to my manager. We were trying to figure out, like, what genre I'd be put in. I was like, I don't really think I can be put in one specific genre because I'm very versatile with my music. And I think with the EP, everybody will see that because one of the songs I have on there is kind of like a country R&B mix that's not been done yet. Versatility is, is good, um, and when I first heard you speak, I thought, and I told you I haven't heard the the track, so um, I'm curious to hear how it's going to sound. You know, people can talk one way and sing and rap another way. You wouldn't even know that that was that individual. Um, I won't even drop her name because you probably won't even know who I'm talking about. She's way before your age. Um, but she sounded like Minnie Mouse when she talked. But when she opened up her mouth to sing, her, her, you know, her voice just blew you away. We had an artist on the show not too long ago, and he is doing what he likes to call, like, country hip-hop. Now, he's a hip-hop artist, but he wanted to do something that he mm-hmm. had not, you know, seen done by independent artists. You know, Lil Nas X did a little thing with Billy Ray Cyrus, but he wanted to do something that he had not seen independent artists do and that was bridge you know the hip-hop in the country and his song is doing phenomenal uh across the country you know he's pushing to go global with it there's a huge dance you know when you step out of your box or your comfort zone and you do something that others aren't you know familiar with or you're not following the trend you know you're not the cookie cutter type uh artist uh people start to notice you and they you know they, 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 they watch you in a different way, and that's what they're doing with this artist. And so um, if you're talking blending, you know, country and R&B together, uh, and then, again, uh, with your natural speaking voice, um, I can only imagine what that's going to sound like. I can't wait to hear that. Yeah. So what's the creative process like for you when it comes to um, writing your music and then getting in the studio to perform the music? Um, take us through how that process works for you. Okay, so my first day in the studio, I met with the producer, and we were, he was like, okay, so what's your working process? Like, do you write down the lyrics? Do you record your lyrics? 
and I'm weird because right. I love. I feel like writing down the lyrics. I feel like, like it's not. I don't know what the word would be like. I don't know how to describe it. It's not. I don't feel like I'm speaking from my heart when I write down the lyrics. I feel like I'm just trying to write something that sounds really good. So when I go through the process of just recording, I just go in, say whatever comes from my heart. Like, I never write down lyrics unless I need to. And, like, I'll write down, I'll drop down some notes here and there, but I've never written down a lyric. I've maybe typed down, like, three words, and that's how I get the whole song. Wow. Wow. Interesting. Um, Yeah. Uh, so there's well, I guess maybe those three words could actually you use those as an outline for you. Yeah. Because like with talking Superman, about... me and my friends. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. So with the song Superman that they're gonna hear later, me and my friends literally just like we found an instrumental and we were in a Walmart parking lot. <laughs> If that is the craziest thing, writing maybe one of your hit songs in a Walmart parking lot. But we were in Walmart's parking lot, and we were just kind of singing and messing around like we normally do. I was like, hey, what if I named it Superman? Because I normally just come up with the title, or like I maybe write down one word, and that gives me so much inspiration for the rest of the song. And so I was like, okay, Superman, let's see how it goes. And I literally did the whole song in the car and they recorded it and people were like, Oh my God, are you sure that's not like somebody else's song? Did you, did you not write that down? I was like, no, that was off the top of my head. And that's the lyrics I've stuck with. Wow. Do you write at all? Poetry? Um, journal? I used to, I write in a journal. I keep a journal with me so I can kind of like, see where I'm at every couple of months and, like, every year. I want to see how much I've grown and how my progress is. And I keep a vision board, so that's kind Mm -hmm. of, like, my basis of writing. Yeah, I'm I'm just – I'm still kind of just blown away. Um, All right, so you – something that you said, I I agree with that, the title. You know, a lot of artists, the title actually comes last. For them, um, the hook may come first, and the lyrics, the title would come last. And for me, I'm a songwriter. I always needed a title. I always had to have the beat first. I have to have the beat first. Um, then the title has to come, and then from there, um, I use, I guess, bullets. You know, if you were to uh, make a PowerPoint and you would bullet the topic. And so my verses mm-hmm. are bulleted. Um, my process is, is ridiculous, which is why I could never put song out after song out after song out. We're talking two, <laughs> two songs a year. That's how slow my process is. I, so because I'm a perfectionist also. And so, um, but I, I make bullet points, you know, and, and then, the, then I write the hook. And then I go back and fill in the bullet points from the hook and the title. So for me, the title is extremely important. It, 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 the song itself, it comes from the title. Everything has to center around the title. I don't know. I, I mm-hmm. like to get into the minds of, of my guests 
in their writing processes and just try to figure out, you know, if, if there's a way to make my, you know, process a little more simple. But I don't think I've ever heard anyone say that they don't, they don't write anything down. Um, and maybe an age factor has a lot to do with it, you know. Um, you can remember things off the dome a little better. Uh, at a younger age than you can, you know, you're as old as I am. Like, I need all those, you know, cue cards and everything. I need all of my stuff written down. So, but that's amazing that you're able to um, do that. And if it works for you and you have people in your corner that are saying, um, and I want to say this, um, you know, being the age that you are, you're surrounded by a lot of, you know, friends who are always going to support everything that you do. But I tell my artists that when you have new music, or music that you want reviewed, your friends are the last people that you want to hear your music, right? Because your friends are the ones that they, they go through this process with you. So they, a lot of times they don't want to disappoint you. They don't want to upset you. They don't want to say, this is garbage. And so you send that, that track that your friends have boosted your ego and said, this is, you know, this is fire right here. You send that off to a station to be played and they're just like, whoa, what is this? You know, why did you send this to us? You know what I'm saying? So always get third-party individuals to listen to your music first and let them tell you. I critique music all day long. Let them tell you that this is not where you want to be at. Let them say you need to go back and rearrange this right here. Let them, you know, say, um, give you the constructive criticism that you need. Make those corrections and then take it to your friends and say, you know, hey, what do you guys think? It's just a piece of advice. Yeah, one of those friends, um, one of those friends that um, kind of helped me with the song. I give him credit for helping me, but he actually did American Idol a little, a couple of years ago. I made it to about the third round, so I always let him hear everything first, or he's either in there helping me with all the lyrics, and he makes sure that everything sounds good. And I call him my rock. He's my saving grace on some of these songs because. Some of them I'm like, I don't know how I feel about it. And he's like, okay, mm-hmm. try this way and just push. Don't be fake on your song. You don't want to put that impression out that, hey, he's not faithful or, hey, he's not being truthful to his lyrics and he's just making this up out of his butt. That is key right there as well. A lot of these artists nowadays that are writing music, um, and I think it was – I think it was Billie Eilish who said not too long ago that um, there were so many, you know, and a lot of people took this the wrong way because they felt like she she disrespected, you know, those artists in the rap game. Um, She said a lot of them, the lyrics that they wrote, they didn't live that life at all. They never lived Mm -hmm. that life. They're piggybacking off of, you know, somebody else's lifestyle, what they've seen, um, on television, you know, on a movie, quote unquote, how to be a gangster 101, you know what I'm saying? Um, but they're not actually yeah. living in their truth. And so, um, and a lot of people thought you're the wrong person to speak on this, you know, first of all, because you don't know trials and tribulations and blah, 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 blah. And I get it. I get it. You know what I'm saying? I understand where she was coming from. Um, but to me, transparency is key. And I think reality um, and the realness of an individual sells more than um, what you want your audience to perceive. If you're writing a book, you know, if you're an author and you're writing a book and you want to um, 
tell a story to, to entertain your reading audience. Um, you make up stuff. There's a genre for that. You make up stuff, you know, um, as a fiction author. Nobody expects this to be about your life. This is something that may have happened someplace else because you researched to write this book. But when it comes to someone's lyrics and you're always speaking in first person and talking about what I did and, and my life and you haven't experienced any of this, you know, I think it lessens the credibility of an artist, um, especially now when you have so many uh, young boys and young girls that are impressionable and they're following each and everything that they see these artists do. So it is so important to just be um, truthful about what your lyrics speak and how you live your life. You don't want to to sell a lie. You know what I'm saying? I would rather have so many so many more no's than yeses if I'm able to um, be truthful with what it is I'm putting out. If I know that my brand is 100 versus you know I'm selling people all of these these lies and empty promises. And so something that he said is that his friend made it to the third round of American Idol, guys. He didn't say his friend went up there to audition and was one of those people that, you know, we see the bloopers because they can't sing. So when you make it that far, you actually have contestant mentors and everything. So (laughs) understand the difference in having just a friend who was on American Idol and a friend who advanced that far. So those things that that friend is telling him, you know, is spot on. All right, I didn't want him to think I was saying, don't listen to your friends when y'all sit in the Walmart parking lot. You know what I'm saying? I don't want him to think I was saying no, you're anyone good. else who's out there listening. You know what I'm saying? This individual, when you yeah. go that far, you have the backing of other people that, you know, is, is, is pointing him in the right direction and putting the right things in his head. And so he can come back and say to Eli, you know, hey, this is what I've learned. This is how, you know, you need to do this. This is what works best for me. And, and when we ask that question at the end of the show, you know, um, how would you inspire another individual? That right there was a perfect example um, of not sitting on what information is given to you, but pouring into someone else so they can make it applicable to their lives. Um, that was the perfect example right there. Y'all know me. I can get up here and get to talking. <laughs> what happens when pleasure goes against? Principle. He recalled how their bodies collided. They moved in sequence to the sounds of passion. Does pleasure win over our principles? He plotted a way to secure his position in her bed forever. Do principles triumph over our desires? How could they passionately make love all night? How could she dismiss him like a schoolboy? Find out in Her Pleasures, His Principles by Chanel. Available at Amazon.com. Ooh, thank you, Chanel. Yes, her pleasure. His principles. If you love some good urban Christian fiction right there, there you have it. Uh, Amazon best-selling author, Chanel, her pleasure, his principle. If you're just tuning in, you're live right here on Music Mondays on Indie Fire with your girl, Nakia, and I'm joined with my very, very, very special guest, R&B artist and songwriter, actor, and... What else do you do? You do something else. Let me see. Singer, songwriter, actor, model. Hmm. All right. So how did we get into uh, modeling? It was 
I don't like my dad used to model, and then I would always like. I'm obsessed with taking pictures. Like, if you look at my Instagram, it's literally, <laughs> you can tell that I'm, I'm edited. Like, you can tell that I'm edited. You can see all the, like, pressure that I put on myself for that one picture to make it be so good for Instagram. And uh, it goes back to, like, talking to Ebony, who's my manager, and we were like, hey, because she threw it out because her daughter – actually is about to start doing modeling too. And she threw it out and she was like, your pictures are really good, but let's get you in front of an actual camera and let's see how you do with modeling. So I've done a couple photos. I haven't put them out yet, but I don't know. I'm just addicted to it now. Like I've always watched those Calvin Klein commercials and like I've seen all these little (laughs) campaigns going over advertisements. And I was just like, hey, I want to do that. Does that have any influence in you um, starting your own clothing brand? It did. Um, Actually, Beyonce. When she put out Ivy Park, and I just looked at kind of like, because some of my hoodies kind of resemble, like I'm so inspired by all like Tommy Hilfiger and like all these artists, merch, and different stuff like that. And so I was like, okay, I want to create something that people can feel comfortable in because there's not any brands that, I mean, there's not a lot of brands, not any brands, but there's not a lot of brands that encourage, like, bigger women and bigger men to express themselves in their clothes and feel good in their clothes. And that's kind of my mission for my clothing brand. I want I want it to be a versatile clothing brand for everybody. I want everybody to feel good, no matter their size, color, anything. I want them all to feel good in their clothes and I want them just to honestly know that they're worth it and that they can wear everything that everybody else is wearing. That it's not just, okay, I can't wear this because it's only for skinny people or I'm not going to look good in this because I have a little bit of stretch marks and stuff. I want everybody to feel good and not just seclude themselves from the rest of the world. Wow, I wanna I wanna jump into your track, but I wanna stay right there and talk about this also. Um, so let's jump into the track really quick, and then we're gonna come back and talk about because um, your bio says that you're really big on self love and motivation, and I feel that in this industry, um, there's just not a lot of that. Um, we see, you know artists here and there that are promoting it more so now. Um, shout out to Lizzo. Uh, we do see, you know, um, <laughs> we do see artists that are, you know, that are, are promoting the body positivity, um, but we see a lot of those who still make the snide remarks in the comments and you know, so I want to know your opinion and how important, you know, body positivity is. And um, But I want to jump into your track, Superman. Uh, you want to tell the audience about um, the process for writing Superman? Wait a minute. That was yeah. in the parking lot of Walmart. And uh, you know what? Go ahead. They weren't listening. Tell them again. <laughs> okay. So I wrote this in the parking lot of Walmart. 
but it is based off of all my lyrics for the EP and all the songs are based off of actual relationships I've been through. And Superman is basically how I felt in my first ever relationship. And I was deeply in love with the school. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. You every bit of what? 18, 19? I'm 19. 19. He said all relationships. How many relationships you been through? Um, I've been through about three or four that were like real deep love relationships. All right, go ahead. Keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the first one, Superman, which is the first one the EP, is like everything that I wanted to say during the relationship, but I didn't get the chance to before the breakup. So that's the basis of Superman, and the process is really fun. Like, we had so much fun in the studio um, recording this, so I hope you guys like it. All right, guys, this is it right here, Superman. Um, everything that he wanted to say. He ain't never get no closure or nothing. See, oh. this is it, though, in the lyrics of this song right here, Superman, Fight Eli.
working nine to five Got you on my mind forever Mondays with Nakia on Indie Fire. Like, guys, you know, every now and again, I speechless. And y'all know me, I don't ever get speechless, just every now and again. And I want to play a song back, right? This is one of those times where I want to play a song back because I have a process when it comes to critiquing music, right? You always listen to it first for the runtime, you know, and uh, then you go back and you listen to. Um, you know what, I'm not even going to give you my process and then the way that I think, but what I am going to do is give you Superman by Eli again. And I'm going to tell you why. Um, listen to the voice. You know, we talked about it in the beginning, how or early how. from Kentucky until you hear his accent when he talks. Right? Listen to his voice.
Yeah, all right. I'm I'm over here, like, figuring out how I'm going to add this to my playlist now. You know, I have a playlist that I listen to every morning of artists that, you know, have been on the show previously. And so this has to get bumped up on, on the playlist. going to knock what's my number one favorite song um, out the way. And now, sorry, Billy Palm Trees. This is not going to replace Orlando. Um, this, this, I, I'm yeah, guys, did you hear it? If you didn't hear it the first time or the second time, you're going to hear it. We're going to make some adjustments. I'm telling you right quick. We're going to make some adjustments uh, for New Music Mondays this evening. You're going to hear it again. So it's officially going in rotation on New Music Mondays tonight. All right, so you're going to hear it again tonight. If you, if you by chance, if you miss those two, you're going to hear it again tonight. Um, that that was amazing. Uh, and then for him to say that, you know, sitting in Walmart's parking lot and just, uh, you know, title came to his head and he wrote a few words, you know, like words, like, you know, like, I don't know, maybe his words could have been love and lost and goodbye. And then bam, he wrote the song. And um, so for those females, you know, and you, you felt raw emotion in the song um, through his voice, you felt it and, the lyrics, um, you actually feel like this is believable because, you know, you know I've been through this. There was a time in my life where, you know, I went through this exact same thing and um, you felt heartache, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, you felt this crazy energy um, from this artist, you know what I'm saying? Um because his voice fires you. It takes you someplace else. It really does. Cryptic, um, out of the UK, his voice does the same thing. It takes you to just another place. Well, you can have an artist who uh, can write and um, the total package is what I call it. They can write. They, they have the look, which is why we're going to talk about that body positivity. They have the look. Um, putting that in air quotes, the look and um, the voice, they have the total package um, to me. But what do you consider um, to be the total package in this industry? Because what I say the total package is, you know, when it comes to looks, is not the industry standard definition of looks, you know, because we all – that's the one thing I like about uh, people of color. Uh, the colors uh, are so many different hues. Um, the shapes of our faces, uh, from our full lips, you know, to slanted eyes, almond eyes, to large nose, to small nose, you know what I'm saying, to curvy women, to um, muscular men, um, so the look he carries to me is a total package for his brand. But when it comes to body positivity and how we see so many artists now that are, everybody's trying to look a certain way, um, how important is that to you um, when it comes to defining the total package? So I think, honestly, everybody wants, like, this big dude or, like, a dude looking like Tia or, like, 
they're wanting like a Sean Mendes type guy, or like they want somebody who's a light skinned dream. But I'm somebody who <laughs> doesn't care. I'm somebody who doesn't care about what I look like. I I do it my own way. So I pick out outfits that I like. I don't care if anybody else likes it or not. Like I might go out in camel pants and a turtleneck one night with a bedazzled, not even bedazzled, like a diamond necklace on. I don't care. Like I will dye my hair snow white and go out. I I can beat my face and take pictures, but it's not what everybody else thinks and likes. It's what you like and how you want to express yourself. And I think that's everybody's biggest thing right now. They're worried about, like, oh, this influencer looks like this, or this artist looks like this. I need to change this and look like this. No, be yourself, be original. And that's that ties back into my clothing brand, too, which that's one of my statements on my clothing brand is be original, be you. Be the person that you want to be and not what everybody else tells you to be. And Lizzo is one of my biggest, like, idols for body positivity and just everything she is and represents. I love her to death for what she's done since she's been in the music scene with just not caring that she's a big girl twerking on stage playing the flute. (laughs) Right. Like, I don't know if anybody can say, hey, I'm going to get on stage and I'm going to just twerk wear short shorts or wear a leotard, and I'm just going to be me. Nobody can do that. But you just have to set your own standards of, hey, I'm me, and I'm here, and nobody else can tell me how to dress, how to look, and how to carry myself as long as I know who I am. Um. <laughs> And I know uh, that you mentioned Crown X. You wanted to be able to give all individuals um, the right to say, you know, I got stretch marks, but I got this Crown X. And then the skinny girl says, hey, you know, I, um, I got no chest. But I got this crown X, you know what I'm saying? Or, you know, the guy exactly. who has not a whole lot of muscles, uh, but I got this crown X. Or the guy with the bulging muscles, you know, um, but I got this crown X. You wanted the line to be um, made for everyone because um, self-love is so important. And something that when I was younger, probably your age, uh, people always said, you know, made in your size doesn't mean that you're supposed to buy it. Now, we've seen, you know, men and women um, purchase clothing that did not look desirable on them uh, once they put it on, Mm -hmm. you know, for whatever reason. But uh, I'm thankful that fashion designers now have, um, they realize the importance of self-love. And they realize that, you know, um, maybe either, either by choice, or by force, you know, they had to change the way they marketed, the way they branded, um, and the clothes that they put out so that they could uh, keep their customers, you know what I'm saying, 
Um, most definitely. So when, it most to, definitely. when it comes to Crown X, you know, do you do you design the clothes? Um, do someone else design the clothes? You know, how does how does that all work for you? So I design everything. Like I literally go in, I cut the vinyl, and so I pick out all the pants. Right now I'm in the process of picking out swimwear because I'm about to come out with a swimwear line. Hopefully soon if this virus passes over quick enough because I need to get back in the studio. I need to start working on my clothes again. And I kind of took a little hiatus just so I could piece back together, like, what I need to create and what's going to make the biggest impact and biggest statement. And I think... Chromex, it comes from my own experiences, too, because when I was in middle school, I actually got bullied by, like, the jocks for wearing, like, I don't know why it was a big thing, but, like, if you weren't a basketball player or a football or baseball player, you couldn't wear, like, Jordans and different stuff like that because it was considered the basketball shoe. And I used to get picked on all the time for wearing those and be like, oh, you weren't, you're not a basketball player and all this. Okay, so what? I like them. They really did go with every outfit that I had. I had a white pair of Air Force Ones that went with everything. And I just think that whatever I design, I want it to kind of express everybody no matter what their life path is. And that's kind of like my creative process with everything. Okay. So how has that been um, for you, combining all of your uh, many different passions, singer, songwriter, uh, acting, modeling, combining all of those passions together, how how has that been um, for you? Is that something that has boosted your you know, your, your confidence level, has it opened doors for you? Um, what what has that done? You know, how has that been for you? Acting and modeling has really boosted everything because this is going to sound crazy, but I really did used to have stage fright. And I was in Corral since, like, middle school, and I still had stage fright. And I would be, like, a chamber singer, which was, like, the top singers of the group. So we'd do our own stuff, and I would have dead sweats in those lights, which, I mean, stage lights are hot, but I would be dead sweating, shaking and everything. But as soon as I hit that stage for Beauty and the Beast, because that was my first big role in any show that I've done, and as soon as I hit that, I was like, okay, there's nothing to worry about. I'm being me. This is really like a character that I can kind of relate to because I was kind of a douchebag for a little bit, and kind of not the best of person, but at the end, really? I got, I used to have a little mean side, but <laughs> I realized that that's not going to get me anywhere with having a mean side, because I think it kind of marinated from being bullied a lot, so mm-hmm. I just had this little mean side where I didn't trust anybody and I wouldn't talk to anybody unless they were in my little, like, family. Like, I've, I've always been family-oriented with anything that I did. And I would only hang out with my cousins. And I think it was high school that I started hanging out with new friends 
or like people that I considered family. But I don't know, modeling got me out of the box too because it is hard when you are afraid to put yourself out there to stand in front of a camera in crazy poses and doing crazy things in those pictures. Like, I think my first modeling picture that I took, he had me in this awkward pose. I was like, I don't like this at all. Like, I cannot do this whatsoever. And he was just like, just do it. Just express yourself. I don't care how you do it, but just let let me know that you're, I don't know what the word is, like, I don't want to say that you're not nervous, but mm-hmm. I was at the time. So I'm going to say, like, <laughs> that you're not scared of what people think. And as soon as he said that, it clicked. And I was like, why do I care what people think? <laughs> Right, right. Like, I'm me. I'm, it's already hard enough to be a black man doing music, acting, and singing in a country town where it's predominantly white. And I was the only little chocolate drop in that show, <laughs> mind that. But <laughs> I just noticed that I don't have to be afraid to be me, that I can be me whenever, and people can accept it or just go the other way. That's what I love about our youth today, Um, the fact that they can speak so freely about themselves, providing that people are, you know, accepting of what they have to say. A lot of them don't even care. Um, As long as they have a good support system um, and all that, you know, it is that they're trying to say, but they don't care. You know, they live their lives um, just just carefree. And I think a lot of the older generation, you know, can can learn a lot from the younger generation and vice versa, of course, you know, always, always that. But um, as, as a parent, you know, I have a lot of stressors. And, you know, as a teenager, you, you're not as stressful as I am. But when you listen to a, you know, a teenager or a young adult talk and they talk about being able to live their lives, you know, carefree and just not really caring um, about what people say, I think a lot of adults just could adhere to that because adults are so um, older adults. You know, we, we spend so much time trying to please, you know, our coworkers or our boss and, you know, our spouse, and um, we're not happy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and that sometimes that makes Don't a lot of the adults church ladies too. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah, those too. Um, <laughs> I stopped trying to please them. Trust me, I stopped trying to please <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, I feel like uh, adults aren't really living um, their true selves. Um, they're not living and they're not walking um, in in their own um true identity. They're they're so busy focused on pleasing other people and um and I was one of those people for so long. Why why I can speak so freely about it. I was one of those people for so long. I don't want to talk about anybody else's, you know, issues and qualms, but 
I was that person. And so now I believe in, in just being transparent about everything um, because that releases a lot of stress, you know. Um, that calms down a lot of anxiety. And, you know, something people, you know, when you talk to people nowadays, they're always asking, oh, how are you? How's your family? Do all of this, you know? Um, is there anything that you guys need? They always end with, I hope you guys do well. All of that, that's the language that most, you know, people are speaking now and how conversations go nowadays. And my only answer for people is I'm at peace. Something that I had to learn from, like, my daughter. You know, she says, Ma, I read the news every day. I know what's going on in the news, but, you know, you you taught us one thing, and, you know, I know what the Bible says, and um, why why do we have to sit around and just worry about it, you know? And that's my response now. I'm just, I'm at, I'm at peace. Like, and I felt like I should follow that up with, am I crazy? Because I'm, I'm worried about what's going on in the world, you know, but I'm not worried about the effects that it's going to have on me and my family, you know, because I constantly quote Psalms 91, and, and I promise, guys, I'm not, I'm not going to get on that, that pedestal tonight, but I constantly quote, you know, Psalms 91 throughout my household, and um, I did it a lot last year and never understood the reason why. And if you read it, it all starts to make sense now. And so, but I had to hear that from a teenager. You know, you have to, Ma, you just got to just calm through the storm. And so, again, adults, older adults, we can learn so much from these um, young adults. You know, what they're saying, don't always push what they're saying away because a lot of that can cause, you know, um, some longer days in your life, I believe, because you're not going to be as stressed, you know what I'm saying, if you live a little carefree like they're living. If you could offer one piece of advice to um, an up-and-coming artist as yourself, you know, who may be listening now, and they say, well, wait a minute, you know, I feel like I'm just as good as he is, and I want to, you know, drop my EP like he did, um, but I don't even know the next step to take. Like, what should I do? What piece of advice would you be able to offer that up-and-coming artist? Okay, so one piece of advice I would give them, I actually got this from being on Kevin Gates Live a couple of days ago, and I asked him the same question. And it's resonated with me and stuck with me ever since. And he basically told me, be yourself. Don't let anybody stray you away from your goals. And always speak from your heart and never let own self be your own downfall and I think like just do it like go to the studio record write down some stuff like start with poetry if you're a good poet poems are good songs I've sung a couple poems just for the fun of it in my room and they make really good songs but get your process down make a vision board vision boards are the best thing that you can make to help you stick to, a, like, the way that I pieced out everything, I split everything into, like, quarters of the month. So this first half of the year was the interview plus putting out my music and getting everything done. The next part 
working on my YouTube channel and the third part, just seeing how everything is, tallying up everything and restarting it for the next year. So just go out, do it, be you. Don't let anybody else tell you that you can't do it. And just reach for the stars. No goal is too big or small to succeed at. Awesome, awesome advice. Guys, when I tell you, um, when I have guests on the show and they drop these gems, you know, just don't sit on what they're saying. Um, Make them applicable to not only your music career or your career as an author. You know, make those um, applicable to all aspects of your life. These are, you know, at some point they may have gone through these um, exact same um, trials and tribulations themselves, these hurdles. You know, they persevered through them, and so they're trying to give you the shortcut way by giving you, you know, these these tidbits of knowledge. So make sure that you're using this free information that they are providing to you, all right? Uh, Eli, I want to go ahead and open up the floor to you now so that you can go ahead and get all of your contact information out for those who may be listening live or for those who may come back and listen to one of the many, many, many playback shows. The floor is now yours to get all of your contact information out. Okay, so um, first of all, thank you so much for letting me be on here, and thanks for interviewing me. This was the biggest thing that's happened so far. Um, oh, you're welcome. Oh, God. Much love Bye. to be my first. <laughs> um, second, you guys can go and follow me on Instagram at the underscore Eli underscore official. That is a mouthful, and it's the same throughout all of my social media accounts, which is Snapchat and Twitter. Um, I am coming back on YouTube right now, so I have my first vlog back already uploaded on my YouTube channel, which is King Elijah. Um, I am in the works right now in talks of when we're going to release. You guys heard the un-mastered, un-ad-libbed version of Superman, so hopefully I can get you that version. I'm working on a remix of Superman too. And, yeah, I can't wait for you guys to hear the rest of the EP and get everything moving and cooking. Stay safe. I love you guys. Thank you so much for the interview. Yeah. Oh, man, he said the remix. I don't know if I'm ready for the remix. Oh, and I don't, I don't think I, I want that version right there. I don't want to hear nothing else. I just want that version right there. I'm selfish. I want that version. But I'll give you guys, you know, the other version. All right? <laughs> Fair enough? Okay, guys, make sure that you come right back here at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for New Music Mondays right here on Indie Fire. I got some bangers tonight. Yo, where are we going? We're going to UK. We're going to Cape Town, South Africa. Um, I think that's all I got. And then, of course, right here in the U.S., I got some bangers tonight. Yeah, I know you guys got nothing to do. You sitting around the house. You got new music. Send it to me, okay? So we'll see you right back oh, here. Oh, I got Instagram you with new music. Yes, yes. You you got the email address, so send it to that same email address. They'll get it to me. We'll get it in rotation. That's how it goes. All right, guys? So right back here at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you again for joining us, Eli. And, uh, guys, uh, it's been fun, but we got to run. <laughs> 